right, here we go. Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry with host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, everybody. This is uh, Guest Thursday, uh, and we're really excited to have uh, uh, Sean and uh, Janet Leon from uh, where, Texas. I know, where, what city are you guys from? Houston. Houston. Uh, so they live in Houston, friends of uh, Carolyn and uh, Steve Van Indigam, who we've had on the uh, broad broadcast mm-hmm. uh, recently. Uh, these are uh, business people who've learned abiding and are teaching others to abide. Uh, and experience and so we're going to have a real uh, wonderful experience with sharing their story and uh, down in uh, Houston, Texas. So uh, maybe to start uh, helping uh, our audience learn a little bit about you, uh, why don't you share, each of you share, how did you come to know Christ? Um, I think our stories are somewhat similar. We both pretty much grew up in Christian households. Our, our parents took us to church. We you know went to church early uh, and the whole time through growing up, we um, when we met, we weren't really actively going to church in college that much. But um, honestly, I think one of the more important things about than how we came to be Christ is how we developed our adult Christian life. And that was mm-hmm. by finding we found a, a couple that was a friend that was introduced to us from a, a, another church member. And we started going to church with them and they became our first adult Christian couple friends. And it, and then from there we joined a care group at the church, and it just really developed our adult Christian life and helped us to stay focused. And um, the Christian community, I think, is is important that we had a lot of fellowship with other Christians. Hmm. Um, I was really fortunate. I grew up very close to my grandparents and my aunts and uncles, and everybody went to church. It was the it was just the thing our family did. And so there was never really a question or a point where I can think back where I questioned faith or belief. There was definitely a point where I decided, yes, I do believe this and this is real to me. And so I had that, but I I don't have that story of, you know, really seeking out and, and having to find it for myself. I was very blessed that it was laid out for me. Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, so then, uh, so you grew up in uh, Christian homes, uh, kind of received uh, the truth of that. And, and then it certainly was confirmed, obviously, as adults. Um, how did you two meet um, and then decide to get married? We met in college. Um, she was a little sister to the fraternity I was in. And um, a <laughs> little bit of a funny story, but I saw her one day in the little, the, the quad or the, the cougar dens, what they called the little place where we all ate lunch. And I saw her one day. I was like, I like her. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, I what, kinda, what university was this at? University of Houston. Houston. Okay. Oh, excellent. Okay. Yep. University of Houston. That's where we met. And, um, so then we started kind of hanging out as friends at first, didn't really expect it to go much of anywhere. And then, um, I asked her out on a date and actually our first official date, we still kind of celebrate that, uh, 
October 21st of this year is 32 years since our first date. Wow, beautiful. Oh, um, that's great. And then we, uh, and so we dated for about two years. Um, and then she moved into an apartment. I was living at home and she moved to an apartment close to where I was living. And then we got married. I, we got engaged to, on our second dating anniversary. And we got married about six months later, eight months later. Great. Then, so. Were you, uh, had you graduated then from college or were you still in school then? She had graduated. I had not. Okay. I was actually working on my master's degree. Oh yeah. So, Great. um, how yeah, did, was, what's your, what's your side of it? My side of it was that, um, we met and we just seemed to have a lot in common and then we just, we had a lot of the same activities. And so we ended up spending a lot of time together and just, I don't know, fell in love. Beautiful. Um, and then, so you got married, uh, and uh, you you were uh, in master's degree and you're finishing your school. What, what did you graduate in, uh, Sean? I actually did not finish school. I was a senior at U of H going for hotel and restaurant management. Mm -hmm. my, I was already working full time for my dad at the office as well at his trucking company at the time. And he basically said, if you don't need a degree to work for me and I need you more in here now, I can't mm. wait another year. And so I at the time was just putting it on pause. But uh, so I ended up actually not graduating. I came to work for my dad. And then when he passed away, I took over the business. And so far, I mean, it ha I haven't needed it, but it's uh, still a regret that I didn't finish that one extra year because 32 years later, it's uh, <laughs> doesn't seem like that one year would have made much difference. No, I don't think so. Um, so uh, so you, you went into your dad's business. Mm -hmm. um, and is that is that the business you run right run right now? Yes. He started, he started in trucking when I was in kind of middle school. Um, he started, so middle school and high school, even college, when we met my, a lot of my weekends, I was up here helping grease trucks, wash trucks, change oil in trucks. I mean, it was, we were small. It was just the two of us a lot of the times. Um, and then, uh, in 88, he started this company. Um, and then I started working for him full time. I, I think 89, but some, some 89, 90, I don't even remember exactly the time frame. Uh, and then um, he passed away about seven years ago, but it's still the same company now. My mom works here. My sister works here. Got some cousins that moved down from Chicago to work for us, nephew, quite a few. And, um, but the, we've, the company's grown quite a bit and we have three terminals now, Houston, Dallas, and Fort Worth. What kind of, wow. uh, what kind of trucking do you do? It's intermodal trucking. We, it's all containers in and out of the Port of Houston and the railroads. So um, it's mostly imports right now, and, but also a lot of exports. We kind of the built, business was built on resin exports out of all the chemical facilities yep. uh, in Houston, Beaumont, Orange. Uh, do you have any pull to get some of that up yeah. here more yeah. readily for my husband? He's having some supply shortages. Maybe, uh, maybe, 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 Sean's, maybe Sean's company is a problem. <laughs> maybe they're the problem. They're the whole problem of this entire Anything you can chain. do to get us some more plastic <laughs> up here would be good. <laughs> yes, we're, that's, we're having the same problem here. We've never had an issue getting drivers before. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like we treat our drivers very very well before a lot of other companies started treating them well we've always yep. been we're very big on respecting people and 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 um we had quite a few drivers come in and say hey i like working here because i've never worked somewhere where they respected me mm. and it's great uh, and i think because a truck driver isn't always necessarily the most prestigious job right but 
I, I, I try to help them understand how important their job is and how right. much we need them and everyone needs them. I think right. everybody understands that now. I, I was going to say there, I think there's a new appreciation for truck drivers at this yep. moment, for sure. Uh, so how's the, uh, uh, with all the, uh, you know, complexity and the difficulty right now, how is your business doing? Crazy. We're, we're actually down uh, about 25% as far as number of drivers I have in, in my Houston fleet. Mm -hmm. But I was very blessed that we decided to open up in Dallas in 2020. Mm -hmm. And the that fleet that we've built up there has kind of replaced what I'm missing here right now. Oh, wow. And, and then with all the rates are going through the people are, I mean, really kind of throwing money at trucking companies because everyone's in such high demand. Uh, there's so much need that uh, we're slated to have the best year we've ever, we ever have. Mm -hmm. And even in, even during the 2020 COVID year, we had a very good year, uh, better mm -hmm. than 2019, surprisingly, even with being shut down a little bit and it's just still worked out. It was a, I, 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 God provides. I, I just, That's honestly, God's I can't favor right there. It. It, it's, it's, I say that all the time. God just blessed us. And mm -hmm. I don't know how I, I, it's hard to put a finger on it other than I couldn't do it by myself for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. And so uh, Janet, uh, uh, you were, what was your master's in or what were you working on in your master's? Um, so I'm a speech pathologist Okay. and, um, a pediatric speech pathologist for 29 years. I wow. worked in private schools and private practice and then finished out in public school. Mm. Absolutely loved my job. Mm -hmm. um, passionate about it. Miss it. I retired two years ago mm. and I stay home and take care of a grandson. Love the grandson, but I do miss, I miss working. Sure. Yeah. Right. So you did that for uh, 29 years while you were uh, raising your kids. And uh, sounds like yeah. a And that's an time. amazing field to be in. It really is. It is yes. a very rewarding field. Yeah. And the nice thing about it is if, if you kind of start to burn out in one area, it's such a broad field. You can mm -hmm. stay within the field and really change things up just by changing a setting. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And truly you have so many opportunities because you have real relationship with those people um, day in and day out to be able to really have an impact, you know. And the, uh, so you're, uh, you said grandson. So how many children do you have? And, and uh, do you have one grandchild right now or? So we have two by, daughters. By the way, we would, nobody watching this would say, no, you certainly, you two certainly don't have <laughs> grandchildren. So true. But, uh. So we have two daughters. Um, both are in the education field. Hmm. And um, our oldest daughter is married. And her husband actually works for Sean now. And um, they have a son that just turned two this month. And I stay home and watch James. Oh, cool. That's oh, going to be fun. great. It is fun. Yeah. And it, it's different to get the whole perspective of having a boy versus the two girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you'll find even more so as she uh, gets a little bit older. And as everybody and keeps telling me. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's so and fun. My son-in-law was in the military um, up in Fort Hood. And he, um, he was actually going for special forces training for like the Green Beret Special Forces. Mm -hmm. He was accepted into it. He was already in EOD bomb squad. Yep. And then he, um, then they, they were already married. They got pregnant. He left for training uh, at, right after he found out she was pregnant. 
and my hope and prayer was that he wouldn't, he'd be in some mud hole, you know, doing whatever they do to you and training for that, thinking I have a son coming and that's exactly what happened. So I'd already offered him a job. So I said, I'll, I'll give you a job <laughs> and Janet will retire and watch your child for free. And so we, we enticed him down. So that's how he left the military, came to work for me. And they, now they live 10 minutes away. Uh-huh. We get to see our grandkid all the time. And that, that is what I have told my oldest son, my, my middle, my middle son and my daughter both plan on staying in new England. My oldest son who graduated from Baylor, we had talked about earlier. He lives down in Delaware right now, he and his wife. And I told him that's fine. Enjoy the adventure now. But when grandbabies come, he's got to get back to new England and we will, <laughs> we will do whatever it takes to, yep. <laughs> to get him back up here by then. You Kathy's, want those grandbabies uh, nearby. <laughs> Kathy's uh, uh, discussing the beautiful uh, way of discerning God's will. <laughs> it's got to be his will, right? It's got to be his will. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but uh, God, come on. Uh, well, so, I will, I will say, like at one of the abiding retreats, I was looking back through my um, journal, and one of the things I had put down as a desire of my heart was that I wanted both of my children to be near me, to live near yes, me. I feel and that. Me too. At the time. <laughs> Neither of my kids lived near us. One was in college and um, in the San Antonio area and planning on staying mm-hmm. up there. And the other one had married this man that was in the military and he was going to go career. So they were never right. going to be home. Right. So it, it looked like one of those desires that, you know, this will never happen. Um, our daughter and son-in-law live 10 minutes from our house. And our other daughter is single and bought a house in our neighborhood. Wow. Oh, I love that. I love yes. it. That's fantastic. We, we grew up with my parents living really close to us as we had children and they watched, my mom watched our children for us. And I, I, I really value and see the importance and the benefit of having family close by to help mm-hmm. out. And I think they saw that too, by having their grandparents with them. So I think that played a big part in having them see the, the benefit of living close to family um, have someone that's always there for you. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Psalm uh, 128 um, talks about, uh, you know, one of the uh, the key elements of what we call the sweetness of life. Uh, God says, if you, if you fear the Lord, trust the Lord, uh, you'll enjoy your work. Uh, you'll really uh, be excited about what you do. Uh, you'll enjoy your spouse. You'll enjoy your family because it'll be around the table. And you have sweet fellowship, and then it, it ends it with, and you see your children's children mm-hmm. uh, will be part of it. So that you know, part of uh, as we try to help people understand God's will is don't don't flip that. You know, don't say, well, I got I got to work so much, or I got to do ministry over the sweetness of the things that mm-hmm. that God says. Well, let me let me bring that together because that social dynamic is so critical, mm-hmm. uh, particularly today. And you'll see it more and more and more. And Kathy and I understand this um, that there's a uh, a really important role that you're going to play as grandparents. And uh, uh, it'll really be exciting to see that uh, with your family. It looks like you you, you have all that, uh, at least you're enjoying that sweet spot. Um, so as you learned abiding, um, tell, a, tell a little bit about how, how does that look for you? Um, what difference has that made in your life? And um, uh, any examples of, of how that's impacted your life? So I think growing up, you know, always going to church and reading the Bible and going to Bible studies and things, I, I would always hear people talk about, you know, well, 
God really spoke this to me and God spoke this to me. And I never, I never really felt that there would be things that I thought, wow, that, that caught my interest. And, oh, I really like that point. And, and there were definitely times in my life where I would think I, I really felt God's presence, particularly during times where it was really stressful or there was a tragedy. I, I felt God there with me. I truly felt that, but it, it never felt conversational and other people, when they would talk about it, it sounded conversational. Yeah. And um, so we went to the first abiding retreat and it really struck home and I really connected and I went home and I was really gung ho at, for about a month. And mm. then I started getting busy and it really wasn't until we did another abiding retreat. And I thought for me, I really needed to make it a scheduled thing. And so I decided I was going to get up early and do it. And in the back of my mind, this voice was saying, you're going to be late to work. You're never going to get ready on time. This isn't going to work. And it, I was never once late to work. And no matter how late I was running, I would sit down and do it. And there were times it was like the clock stopped. And mm. I, I told Sean, I said, I don't know how it happened. It was definitely <laughs> a God thing because I thought if I'm late to work, I'm going to be late to work. And I was never late to work. Um, and so that really cemented in me and made it very meaningful and it created a hunger in me that then I, the more I did it, the more I wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the big keys to me was the Bible verse memory and really Mm -hmm. starting to commit the verses to memory. And I think that the thing that's changed about that is that's changed how I pray. It's changed, um, just daily life. When I pray, scriptures will pop in and I will pay, pray scriptures for people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be driving and a scripture will come to mind and I'll pray that scripture. It And it honestly, the scriptures don't always mean the same thing to me, which is much of what I find when I abide and I start following those reference points. I'll read a scripture that I've read before and I'll flip back in my journal and read what I wrote there. And I think, well, I'm not getting that, like, that's not what it's saying <laughs> to me at all right now. And so I'll write it. And it's, it's been interesting to flag and go back and read how different it is. And yeah. that to me is that conversational piece, right? That mm-hmm. it's truly like sitting and having a conversation with a family member, a friend, when you're talking about a story you've talked about and both of you know, and you've talked about it a hundred times, it, but something new comes out of it. Yeah. And you think, well, I never looked at it from that point of view. Right. Two things you said uh, uh, for you to ex- maybe expound on is um, Bible memory. Uh, uh, help us understand the difference between a Bible uh, memory program and you uh, memorizing the verses that God has given you. What? Uh, you kind of you kind of shared a little bit about that, but how do you see the difference? Because a lot of people say, "Well, yeah, I know there's Bible memory programs. This isn't a Bible memory program. It's it's memorizing the words that God has given you." 
<clears throat> so I actually have tried Bible memory programs and it didn't really stick or work or um, because it didn't speak to me. It, it was mm -hmm. just a process of memorizing. And I think not that there's not a benefit in that, but when I'm reading and that scripture really speaks to me, I memorize it so much easier. Um, one of the things that I thought in my mind was, I thought I've never been good at memorizing scripture. That's not going to work for me. Yeah. I, <laughs> but you said it, it was really important. So I thought, okay, I <laughs> try it. And when those are verses that God has spoken to you, they're mm. very easy to commit to memory yeah. right. and they're very quick to come back at, at any time of the day to pop up into your mind. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it goes back to that conversational piece, mm -hmm. you know, it's interactive. And so when that's, when that really just sparks your heart and you, you get that interest, it makes it easier to commit those to memory. Yeah, yeah, and that's a beautiful explanation. Go ahead, Kathy. I was just gonna say, I've heard it said before that that memorizing scripture actually gives God vocabulary to speak to you. And I think you're describing that that very thing when he has spoken something, you know, as we're spending time in his word, when he highlights that and stirs our heart, I found the same thing as I, you know, when I stop and I memorize that, then he will bring that to mind over and over in different situations and just reveal new truths, even as he's bringing it to mind in random situations. And it's just a beautiful thing, but it's, that's the word of God alive and active, which like you, I grew up in the church and until I really learned abiding, I didn't see it nearly as conversational and as active as it was, you know? Right. Yeah. And as you, uh, Describe that you you mentioned uh, journaling. Uh, what's the significance to you of uh, that journal and how that helps you to abide and stay in relationship with Him? So that these verses that you're memorizing, you're meditating on, you're starting to receive them, you're writing about them. You said conversation. How does that look to you, and why why is that so important to journal? So I find that one of the things I like most about journaling, and I. I don't journal every day, um, but when something really hits me, I journal about it. Or when I'm struggling with something and I mm -hmm. don't have a clear answer right yeah. away, yeah. then I will journal like, these are my thoughts. This is, this is what I think is happening. This is what I think you're saying. Please clarify, right. <laughs> you know, and, but it kind of helps me put down like, solidify my thoughts so that the next day I can pick up and not like, it helps me remember. It helps me meditate on it. And there's something about the act of writing it out yeah. that makes it more real. Yeah. And, and it does, it's a, a memory device. It, it helps mm -hmm. kind of flow through. So I find that, that that's helpful. But one of the things I like most about it is then going back and reading mm -hmm. because you know you forget struggles you had or concerns you had that were so big at the time and then you go back and you read them and you think the answer was was right there and not always a pain-free answer <laughs> but the answer was right there and and then you see how it worked and you start to see that 
blueprint running through and and how everything is built on it and that's very comforting yes yeah it's beautiful uh sean how about you how does that how does that look like for you and how's that yes uh, um, change your life quite a bit so it's, it's kind of unique so always being a christian and i was already very we've been very active in bible studies i was an elder at our church we you know doing all these things i don't think i ever comprehended or truly understood the difference and the actual abiding and mm-hmm. truly living and being you know connected at all times and so one of the things that um i, I started doing after that that's that's it's i feel like it's changed my life is i kind of i feel like i pray almost all day long Whereas before I'd say my prayers and then I'd go to work. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now it's like little things. Uh, man, I got to type this email. God, if you could just help me come up with the right words for this, that'd be great. I, I appreciate you, God. And, you know, mm-hmm. start typing my email. And, just, and it's kind of like, I feel like I'm, I'm more mindful throughout the day, every day. Um, I'm not as good at the, I haven't been as good at the Bible memory as Janet has. She, she has her note cards and reviews them every day. And, uh, that's <laughs> something that's a, it's, it is a desire of my heart. And I've, I've tried some and I've, I do have some, but, uh, I haven't been as consistent with that, but I use some different methods of journaling too. Uh, I use the one we learned in abiding through the living waters retreat. Um, that one I feel helps more when I have a specific issue and I need to come to mm-hmm. truth. And learning to to camp out and learning to not move forward till you have truth or you feel like you have uh, you know God's speaking to you, um, and then sometimes I use uh, the most important hours through uh, a thing but Jacobs developed through C12, and um, that's just another journaling method, uh, and I'll do that one as well. And I, I agree with you when when I write it down, it helps me kind of focus more on that specific issue. I have a problem with my mind wandering sometimes. Um, and so when I write it down, I can focus and I can think and I can pray about it. Then I can come to a verse and I can write that verse down and see how he speaks to me. Right. And um, I really truly feel that the more time I spend abiding, the more direction and the more I feel like I can discern God's will. Right. I feel like I truly get answers from God now. Yes. And it's not, you know, he doesn't speak it. I don't hear it out loud, but you just get this gut and you just kind of feel like, okay, yeah, this is God's will, you know, and it's, Mm -hmm. and I'm very fortunate in our business that my mom and my sister are here uh, as well. And we're all pretty equally yoked when it comes to that. Oh, that's Um, a beautiful gift. And so we all work together. We're all three part owners of the business and it's, there's, there's never an argument of when it's the right thing to do or the God thing to do. There's never a question. That's what's going to happen. And there's been a time like we had something come up. We were trying to decide how much to to donate to a certain thing. And I was blank. I said, I a, a number's not coming to me. I can't come up with something. And I separately asked my mom and my sister, and they came up with the exact same number, not even being in the same room. It's like, well, okay, then that's a God thing. <laughs> yeah. so we kind of we kind of learn you learn to listen yeah. and learn to try to to hear when you really feel like it's a God moment. And I can honestly say, never once have I followed what I felt was a God moment, and it turned out wrong or bad or, or felt like it was a mistake right yeah and so, so as you're describing and this is a helpful i think for all of us is uh abiding is relationship and mm-hmm. uh it's what is god saying to you journaling your thoughts ideas uh memorizing scripture but it's coming together uh, and as kathy and i have, have shared and you you're kind of illustrating this as you stay with it uh until you believe it 
um, and then you experience it. Uh, so that mm -hmm. it's not a it's not a study, it's a relationship. Um, and you and you both said, which is a, a beautiful expression, uh, it therefore provides uh, the opportunity to keep talking to God all day long. Because um, mm -hmm. you memorize scripture, you can talk to Him, clarify, ask. You said you pray, hey God, here's a situation. Would you? Uh, and that's how it works. Um, and as you've described um, discerning God's will. How do you two uh, go to unity and, and could you share any examples of how, uh, instead of you determining your own will, how do you, how do you deceive, receive and discern God's will and how has that worked for you two as a couple? So I will say before the abiding, um, coming to unity was me saying, this is what I want, him saying, this is what I want. And then each of us making our case to try to sway the other one. Right. And, and if that didn't work, then bargaining with the other <laughs> right, one. Right, right, so right. Well, you won last time, so this is my turn. Which is really the common way that most people gotta, resolve conflict. You got to keep, a, you you keep a scorecard for that. <laughs> yeah. And then if the bargaining didn't work, you could try pouting. I mean, there were lots of techniques. A little to bit go of manipulation if you have to use it, right? Uh, that's a, and, that's a pretty good description of, of how most couples do that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we were there, and, and we were pretty good at it. I had lots of strategies. Yeah. <laughs> um, he could be worn down. Uh, just little nagging things yeah. worked yeah. really yeah. well over time. Yeah. Um, but this coming to truth and, and really the hardest thing for me was finding that you have to get to that neutral point where, mm -hmm. because at first I still wanted to bargain and to debate and I would do it with God too. Okay, well, <laughs> so come on. <laughs> This is really what I want. I really want this one. Yeah, that's right. So again. I'll, I'll give you something else down yeah. the road. <laughs> that's um, right. And I so really finding and really starting to believe that God's will is the best mm -hmm. and that there's nothing better and that holding on to my will wasn't going to get me the best mm. and starting to trust that if, if I wasn't getting the truth right away and we could camp out and Sean was camping out that between the two of us with God, with us, the three of us working together, that if we were patient, it, that, that would be clarified. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times situations have resolved very quickly in ways that we wouldn't have thought of that we thought it was going to be this big problem and it just dissipated mm -hmm. simply because we didn't act and we were camping mm -hmm. out that I think that's been the biggest comfort to me is that I, it doesn't have to be resolved this minute. Right. It doesn't have to be resolved today that, that God's at work, step back, listen, and and trust in that and and that trust is is sometimes really hard when something seems really really overwhelmingly mm -hmm. big yeah 
I love what you're describing there though, is really a picture of God growing your trust. It wasn't even that you had to say, I'm going to trust you more. It's no. that he took you and he step-by-step step was growing your trust so that you were willing to step into that and, and be willing to wait in the midst of it sometimes. Well, a kind of a key example, um, when I retired, I was like, I completely agreed and we had come to unity on the fact that I would take care of the baby and I would retire. And then when it came time to retire, I went, but wait, that <laughs> all of that income is now gone. Like that's it. There's mm-hmm. no way that that's gonna work. You mean you mean and, they're they're not paying you the equal salary for watch that grandkid? No, I am completely free <laughs> um, master's degree, completely free. <laughs> but um I I said, I this isn't gonna work. I don't know how we're gonna do this. And Sean was like, No, remember we we abided on this. We prayed. We, this was a desire of your heart. Trust in this. Mm. And mm. that was a really hard step. I bet. Um, and a, another piece of that, one of the things I felt, even as I was freaking out that we were losing this income, I felt very, very strongly. And, and Sean felt it too, that we should not change our level of tithing. Yes. Mm. That we would continue to tithe as if I was getting paid. Mm. And it it's worked out. And to look at, you could give it to a CPA and they would tell you this is never going to work. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's been a true blessing and probably one of the biggest spiritual growth moments, I think, for me because that was so hard. And I still every now and then say, okay, wait, wait. <laughs> so it, I mean, it doesn't go away. You still have that human reaction from time to time, mm-hmm. but you can look back and see God's faithful. Yeah. That's so good. That's beautiful. For me, um, you know, the coming to unity, one of the biggest things it did is it is kind of talking about, um, being neutral and it took anger and emotion out of it. Mm. It, mm. it. We got, okay, let's, let's look at the facts. Let's look at what's going on here. And so once you got the anger and emotion out of it, you can be rational and reasonable. Mm-hmm. And, and then also having the permission to camp out everyone, all my life, everyone said, don't go to bed angry, never go to bed angry. You shouldn't go to bed angry. And I was like, but then I'd find ourselves sometimes if we were upset or in an argument about something, if we're late, it's tired, and we're arguing, we're both just digging our heels in harder. It's like, you know what? Let's stop. Let's go to sleep. Let's get some rest, and let's talk about this tomorrow. Right, right. And, mm-hmm. I, and so, I, I really feel like that's kind of bad advice to say never go to bed angry. I really feel like <laughs> you should, you know, try to never be angry if you can. But it happens. We're human. We're, we're all sinners. Now, so, by the by, the way, um, um, uh, it says uh, it's actually the the verse says something different. Um, it says, don't let your wrath, uh, uh, you know, let the sun set on your wrath, uh, and anger. This is, this is really helpful. I think at the moment, cause you're expressing the truth of that as you probably, you've, you've now understood it. <clears throat> well, actually you're still angry, uh, which is, which is okay. Be angry and do not sin. Uh, sin, uh anger isn't sin. Uh, it says, don't let your wrath go down, uh, uh, the sun go down on your wrath. And don't let the devil get a foothold. So it's really simple. 
uh, and kind of what you just stated is, okay, we still disagree. Uh, and sometimes it can be even, you know, strong, strongly disagreement. Um, why don't we go to bed? Um, are we okay? Uh, knowing that tomorrow, the next day, we'll pick this back up. Uh, and I've got to process, you know, my thoughts about this. Uh, so there's still an anger about it, but we'll go do that. And you, you actually said it, um, when you get to neutral, you get to uh, an honor and respect with each other. Uh, is that, well, now we can talk about the, the, the truth and let's go see what God would say about it. So it's a process so that um, as we've, uh, Kathy and I have, have helped uh, people understand this, it's, <laughs> it's don't fight all night until you get it resolved. <laughs> uh, because uh, the truth is, and you say you get tired, you get weary, you, you actually get stronger and dig it. You said digging your heels in, and that's kind of mm -hmm. what happens. It's like, no, take a break. It's okay. Um, are we okay? We can go to bed each other. Yeah, sure. Uh, let's, we'll pick it up tomorrow. Yeah, sure. Because why? As you two have learned, well, if you process it, you, you'll get God's answer. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's that's a beautiful uh, expression of that, and you know, thanks for bringing that up. So, Absolutely. so so as you've um, uh, said, you you know learned how to go to unity, and uh, you have you allow time for that to happen. How do, how does that look for you for you, uh, Sean, in terms of that process? Well, one of the funniest things about it is a lot of times if I get upset over something little, and we're arguing about it, something little becomes something big. I can't tell you how many times the next morning I woke up and I'm like, why was I even upset about that? <laughs> and I can just say, listen, Janet, I'm sorry. I don't know why that struck a chord with mm -hmm. me this time. Yeah. But in learning that, it also helped me start to learn little things aren't worth getting upset over. Mm. And so I think mm. it's, it's helped us in our relationship not get, you know, not really get upset. You know, something happens like, okay, when that happened, it's not, you know, it's, not, nothing worth getting upset about anymore. And I, I mm -hmm. think it brings more joy and contentment and happiness into the, the marriage and our lives as, as a whole. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's kind of some of the, the, the love and like saying the fruit of, of the life that God has for us is when you go to sleep and usually even if I'm mad, I, I will, God, you know, please help us in this one. Just, you know, give us an answer, right? Yeah. It might be a short prayer sometimes. Yep. Sometimes it's more detailed, but, um, but I do feel there's many times that I, I just wake up and there's been times she's done it too, but uh, it's more often me because probably more often I'm the one that got set over something silly that I never should have done. You know, it's, so it's, it's, I, I feel like we, since we started at do not get as upset as often. Yeah. Right. Well, I think it's also, it is a very much a process. And so when you hit that point, I, it changes the tone of the process mm. when one of you says, what do you think God's saying about this? <laughs> or when one of you says, have you abided on it? Yeah. And it, and that kind of changes the focus. And then it's like, okay, so let's each abide on this and, and then we'll talk about it at such and such time yeah. and see what we, we get. Mm -hmm. And doing that even before we get to neutral a lot of times, because at that very first point, when one of us says, have you abided on it? We're, <laughs> we're not neutral yet. Yeah. Right. That's, right. <laughs> That's when it's just coming in. That's it. And when you, and when you say, uh, 
uh, when you say, and that's a, a great uh, way to go, have you abided? Uh, Linda and I will say, you know, are you in neutral? Um, which, you know, and the answer is <laughs> not really. <laughs> uh, uh, when you think of going to neutral and your experience with going to neutral, what does that, what does that look like? And how do you get to neutral? It's kind of, really, it's, you almost have to bring God in, in, in a sense. Okay. <laughs> I mean, because you really have to stop, put your own desires mm. out of the picture, say, God, what do you want me to hear, say, see, think, do? What do, you, what do you want? What's the best situation? And when you start thinking about it from a godly perspective, like you mm -hmm. said, when you bring that, when you bring that in, have you abided? It's like, okay, I got to bring God into this now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't, I guess I got to change my thought process yeah. here. And that's, yeah. He's, he's and probably so, going to have to uh, say something different to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think bringing God in and into it really changes your whole perspective of how you, you know, go about any decision you make. For me, getting to neutral, um, I'll read through different Psalms and start there and really meditate and really, really say, God changed my heart. Let me hear. Mm -hmm. And there's some Bible verses and I'll meditate on those. And I'll go back, even though they're ones I've memorized and I'll go back and follow the, the references on those, even though I've done that lots and lots. And that helps. Um, really kind of change okay god this is what i want mm -hmm. but i know your plan is the best help me want your plan yeah. yeah and and it's not like saying that doesn't make it <laughs> right. i'm it's a it's a process of every day during that quiet time okay god you know what i'm struggling with and, and then following that process. Yeah, and as you follow that process, uh, because you start out with, well, this is what I want, and I'm, I'm you know, I have a, a bent toward that, and I'm, I'm not neutral toward that yet, but I know your will is best and none better, which is why you're doing it, and you experience it, and you realize <laughs> it really is better. Uh, why not? Um, when, when uh, what does it look like then when you actually get to neutral how do you know that you're in neutral and you follow the process what you just described it's not a okay i want to and and it's not that you automatically are he gives you that place of neutrality what is that what does that look like for me it's when either option is okay yeah mm -hmm. it's when i get to this point and it's like okay you know what i really want god's will i really want what what's best so however this turns out, either way, I'm neutral. And then, like I said, then that's when you get back more factual. If it's, if it's a, something that is factual or if it's emotional, you kind of get the emotion out of it. But it's, it's, I just want the best. I want the best marriage God has for us. I want the best mm -hmm. whatever the situation is. And so that's what, it, that's what getting neutral for me means, getting my own desires out of it, opening up room for God's will. Yeah, that's a good, good description. For me, there it's it's a very specific feeling um, that I've learned over time. But there's the there's this moment of peace where truly I kind of go, okay, 
And, and when I feel that piece, then I know I've hit neutral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that you're, uh, it's a spiritual thing, remember, because uh, your neutrality mm-hmm. is, is uh, toward, the, toward the Father with your heart. Of, uh, and the, it, you have that peace. That's a good description. You get to, I'm at peace with what you just said, Sean, is <clears throat> I'm at peace with that, that his answer can be um, mm-hmm. something different than what maybe I've been wanting which by the way is okay, but now I'm okay and I'm at peace with, I'm good if he gives me a different answer. Um, mm-hmm. And then once you get to that point, <laughs> now he can say, well, now that you're there, I can now give you my answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, which, is, which is kind of fun. Um, and then uh, uh, do you have a, a, another example of, uh, you know, getting a neutral and then God giving you an answer that you discovered that, yeah, that is best and then better. And anything that you can bring comes to mind about that, that you got to neutral and you said, okay, what's your will? And he said, this is my will. And you find, you realize, you know what, that is best, that is best and then better. The only, it's, it's, I don't know if this exactly applies here. I'm thinking about when we were young married and it, it's kind of a little before we learned all this, but the two by four moment. Oh. that um, <laughs> that I, I had when we were married and it's we were I grew up with my mom as a home economics teacher my dad was a neat freak if we got walked in the door we took our shoes upstairs put them in the closet walked back down before we could start anything you know everything was always perfect in place and she didn't grow up with it quite the same way <laughs> so when we first got married I would come home and the first thing I would say was why is the house a mess you know or I, I would I would be negative and so we were already had our first child. She was pregnant with our second child and there had this marriage class at church. So I talked her into going to it because I really needed her to learn how to be a good wife. Boy, <laughs> that, was, that, was my, that was why I wanted to go so bad is I needed her to learn how to be a good wife. So we're going to this Bible study and it's, it's a marriage seminar and she was sick one of the sessions. I went by myself and I was driving back home after and I started, I was praying, kind of thinking, uh, uh, trying to, as actually I was praying about a situation and in the truck by myself, I really feel like God hit me over the head with a two by four and said, it's not her, it's you. (laughs) And then I was like, wow, I'm the problem. Wow. And so then I learned to come home every day and start off with, Hey, how was your day today? I love you. It's good to see you. Or, you know, and start off on a positive note. And I got less concerned. And as she jokes now, I think as the years have gone by, she's become more of the neat freak. And not that either of us are messy, but yeah. she's more of the neat freak than I am now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's God's changes. And uh, I think if we hadn't gotten to, well, I don't, I said, I'm not sure if it's the best example. Yeah, because for... I don't think we ever got to neutral on that one, but it's a good well, example. I had to get to neutral to ask, well. It's a good example <laughs> of God's plan being better. Yes. Because. His plan was that we would go to this class and I would learn everything I did wrong and have a new checklist. My, my plan was I'm going to go to this class and not get anything out of it because, but I'm going to go to prove that, you know, fine. I did what you said. I, I was submissive. I did what you said. And then I would have a point later on for another argument. Well, I was really submissive and went to that class. And God's plan was that we would both learn something else out of it. Right. Mm. And, and I think 
now going to neutral gets you to that plan and that point without the suffering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's really uh, exactly right. That um, you know, uh, he says, you know, I know, I know the answer. Why don't you come and receive it? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to struggle through it. Uh, actually, you can enjoy even the disagreement that you have about it uh, until and you're, if you're both neutral. They might have different perspectives, but now I'm going to give you my answer. Uh, and like you said, it, it really uh, puts the process into a process of joy. It really does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you look forward to it as well. This ought to be interesting. And so it's, uh, it's really exciting. Well, we really thank you for uh, sharing these fantastic stories and your perspective. It's, it's very, uh, it was very well uh, phrased in terms of how mm-hmm. it really works. Um, and we can see it really works for you guys. And what a privilege that is. We just wish you uh, well. We'll have you, I'd love to have you back sometime and uh, tell the next phase of the story uh, when uh, uh, Sean gets the supply chain uh, problem of the country all settled. <laughs> yes. <and laughs> we'll, have you, we'll have you come, come back. So, yes. Uh, thank you for uh, uh, expressing you know, so well the truth of all that. And we, we just thank you so much. And Kathy, we'll see you tomorrow uh, on uh, End Times Friday. And uh, uh, we'll, look, we'll look forward to that, to that and, our, and our, ne- our new series coming up. So Yeah, thanks for joining us, everyone. And special thanks to you guys, Janet and Sean. I love having fellow, fellow Southerners <laughs> online here. Yeah, so thanks for having <laughs> us. It's been such a absolutely. pleasure. Absolutely. Um, so thanks for listening today. If you found today encouraging, be a friend and tell a friend. Um, it is such a privilege to be able to just exalt God in this setting and to show off what he does when we surrender our hearts to him. Yeah. Truly. Amen. All right, we'll see you guys soon. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.